You're listening to the Quince podcast. Aurangzeb in a letter to his son Muazzam passive aggressively said send over your cook to my kitchen. Apparently his son's cook could prepare the biryani better than anyone else during the Mughal era. Biryani means serious business. I'm Vikram and you're listening to Southern Slurp, a podcast on South Indian food, the stories, histories and mysteries around it and of course some delectable recipes. This episode is on the biryani. Ask any Hyderabadi and he will tell you that his biryani is bay. Ask a layman on the streets of Chennai and he'll swear by Dindigal biryani or say Ambur biryani is the original biryani. Travel to Kerala and the cheta will offer you the ancient kuri mandi on a plate and tell you this alone is the one true biryani in effect biryani is south indian now before you think i'm starting a bengali odia rasgulla war let me explain there is the biryani and there is the south indian biryani that was born in the deccan and which was developed in the kitchens of hyderabad and arcot regions independently And there's also a biryani from Kerala that was born even before the word biryan existed in Persian. I'll take you through a journey loaded with aroma, textured with stories and succulent meats, and which I'm sure will leave you full yet wanting more. Here's another open secret you must know before we begin. You ready? Here goes. Southern Slurp is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Jio Seven. You can check out the full playlist on all of these platforms. Fair warning, it'll make you hungry. Oh, and full disclosure, I am a vegetarian, so this episode is not going to be a first-person account when it comes to eating or describing the taste of the biryani. But I'll introduce you to true lovers of biryani who'll tell you what it's like to eat the delectable historic recipe, where you should go, and what you must look for. It's going to be a languid ride. So as the famous saying in Hyderabadi cuisine goes if you want to cook something delicious and beautiful you need to do it itmenane se patiently and that is the key Whichever place you may go you will find a peculiar biryani being made in that area that is the beauty of this country diversity of everything the same dish with very similar ingredients being cooked slightly differently or enhanced with whatever local flavors and you get a completely a different biryani here's praveen anand he is the executive chef for south indian food for itc hotels and brand custodian for dakshin restaurants and he's one of the chefs who brought south indian cuisine onto the global map but that's not the only reason he's here it's a little more personal i am from hyderabad i come from a home which is a pedigree of amazing food even today starting from my grandmother to my mother my aunts yeah, brilliant cooks i have largely grown on great food here's what he has to say about hyderabadi biryani is they you have two very famous styles of cooking one is a dum biryani the other is also dum biryani but that is called kachi gosht biryani where you use raw meat and rice together you cook it together that's why it is called kachi gosht biryani Whereas dum biryani is where you cook the jhol or you make the curry of the chicken or mutton that you're cooking, 
and then afterwards you layer it with rice. So you have alternate layers of meat and rice and that's how it is finished, slow cooked. You see, when it comes to Hyderabadi biryani, it's not the method of preparation that's vastly different, but the spices that are used. Red chilies, green chilies, ginger and garlic are all used to give it a flavour distinct from the biryanis of the north. In 1591, Kuli Kutub Shah founded the city of Hyderabad. But from long before then, say from the late 1300s when the Bahmani Sultanate was founded, the city and its people had influenced the cuisine of all of the royals who ruled them. The red chilies from Guntur, garlic bulbs grown nearby and the additional tang from curds. All of these singular additions made their way into the biryani, giving the Hyderabadi biryani a totally different flavour and taste. What also sets it apart is the use of high-quality cardamom, elaichi. In a sense, the meat, the long-grained rice, the elaichi and the ghee all used in their best versions and without hesitation. This is the essence of the Hyderabadi biryani. Probably Talisheri biryani and Hyderabad biryani can share similar recipe with the difference being the grain of rice which is used. In Hyderabad you use always use basmati, aged basmati rice. Whereas in Talisheri biryani you use the local rice which is called kaima kaima rice in local this thing and in talisheri biryani the other addition that you have is some dry fruits you fry some cashew nut and sultana and you add that while layering the meats now let's break the biryani stereotype in kerala the biryani is seen as a mughal dish right Created by the Persians, popularized by the Mughals, prepared excellently by our Muslim friends and eaten besharam, I mean without hesitation, by the rest. It's easy to stereotype through food. Idli and sambar is Tamil, spicy pickle is Telugu, coconuts in everything is Kerala and so on. But when you go past the recipes to the stories behind them, all of these preconceived notions begin to crumble. That's Shamsuddin Cheta, who used to run a restaurant in Alepi in Kerala and was a chef at a hotel in Saudi. He's an expert on Arabic cuisine and therein lies his story. He's going to give you the recipe for what is definitely the oldest version of the biryani, one that was created even before the magicians of the Mughal kitchens conceived of it. Before you listen to him dishing out gyan and recipes in his inimitable style, I leave you with two thoughts. One, the biryani, once called the Zer Biryan, is an entirely Indian recipe. It might have had Persian roots, but it evolved into what it is today in the kitchens of the peninsula. You discredit the local intelligence if you are saying that you are only borrowing from outside. I think we are the home of spices. They are the ones who borrowed it from us. Or it was something which was exported from here which they used, including, I believe, ghee. 2. Not all biryani has Persian roots. In fact, it could even be the other way round. Among Arabian foods, one that is most tasty is Mandi. It is made by cooking meat and rice in a deep hole in the ground for a long time. No other rice-based dish can come close to this one in taste. 
അത് അറബികള് ഇത് അറബികളുടെ മിക്കവാറും ഈ നമ്മൾ കുഴിക്കുന്ന കുഴിയിൽ അത് സ്ഥിരമായിട്ട് ഒന്നാം ക്ലാസ് ഉപയോഗിക്കുന്നത് ഭക്ഷണം the juices the water and the spices in the meat will slowly drip into the rice and flavor it and that flavor in the rice is unbeatable ee mandiyada ruchi vera oru chorinum kittadilla merchants from arabia have been doing business along the malabar coast since 4th century ad that's over 2000 years ago by the 7th century several of the merchants had taken permanent residence along the coast Once Islam spread through Arabia it took root along the Kerala coast as well and so the maplas the bridegrooms became the oldest islamic settlers in India and the kuri mandi is a recipe that's entirely their own it stands out not just for the way it's cooked but also for the hawaii the mix of spices that the arabs traditionally used cumin black pepper turmeric and cardamom More elaborate versions may include ground cloves, caraway, nutmeg, saffron, coriander, fenugreek and ground dried onions. While the rest of the Moplak cuisine has Persian and Iranian influences, the kuri mandi remains authentically Arabian. But let's go even further back. What's a biryani? The basic concept is to mix rice with meat and either cook them together or cook them separately and combine using the dampukht method or a slow cooking method. right the basic recipe finds mention in a number of persian and iranian cookbooks of the 15th and 16th centuries like the ani akbari or the nimatnama but you can't point to one recipe that started it all it's been wip work in progress for centuries and the idea of mixing rice and meat isn't necessarily persian or iranian it goes further back the mahabharata dated to around 3rd century bc calls it pishitaudana Further back to the 6th century BC the Ramayana calls it Mamsa Bhutodana Further back to the 9th century BC the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad calls it Mamsaudana We've been mixing it up for millennia it appears Ambur biryani is a very simple biryani where there are not too many spices there is no ghee there is no green chili basically you use a red chili you use red chili paste along with ginger and garlic and there is a style of cooking in which they fry the garlic first then uh, add the ginger later and it is slightly more gingery in flavor and the rice that they use is a short grain rice the jira chamba rice so you actually chew and you enjoy it it's got a different taste and it's got a slight cumin seed flavor or jira flavor 
My good friend and biryani lover Atishai will tell you why he thinks it's the best version there is. Think about it. The most complete meal for me. You have well cooked mutton, one fully boiled egg, spices, rice, and that fantastic kuchumbar. You're busy, you need something on the go, but you need to fill your stomach with something absolutely delicious. Can you think of anything else? Now back in 2006-7 when I was a student in Chennai, we would save up money throughout the week just to be able to afford this 35 rupees fantastic mutton biryani in Madras kitchen in Kodumbakkam. There was nothing better than that meal. And mutton biryani is the biryani. Uh, chicken is okay, but my favorite is always mutton. I think there is something that about biryani and especially the way you cook that brings out the best out of the flavors. Biryani that I got in Chennai, followed by Talashari biryani, then Hyderabadi biryani, and then the North Indian Lakhnavi biryani. This biryani is dumb. Hai. The Ambur biryani is similar to the Hyderabadi biryani in that it uses red chilies and garlic and ginger, but all three are added as a paste. There's also no saffron-infused milk or cardamom in this version. Food historians, chefs and connoisseurs continue to throw kebabs, haddis and koftas at each other about the difference between a pulao and biryani. But the one thing they all agree upon, most of the times, is that the biryani is cooked in the dampukht or the slow cooking method. The idea is to cover the tandoor or the pot and add coals on top of the vessel. The Persians, the Mughals, the Iranians are all in agreement about this. The technique itself though could have its roots in Indian metallurgy. For over 4000 years, only Indians knew how to extract zinc from ore. This metal turns to liquid at 997 degrees and turns into gas at 1000 degrees. Just a 3 degree window. So Indian metal workers put the fire on top and a bowl of cold water at the bottom of the perforated vessel. The zinc would melt and collect at the bottom. Now if that's not a dampukht, I don't know what is. But when it shifted into the kitchens from the kiln, no one knows yet. And that's something worth thinking about over a plate of spicy biryani or a hot cup of Irani chai. For more such intriguing questions, recipes and stories, check out the Southern Slurp playlist on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Geo Savan. And of course, thank you for listening.